racing floor that falls around me My feet they fall and stumble My foundation falling down And I spend Every little moment Confusing all my nothings With who I am for now Don't know what to say now I've been on the way out Don't know what to say now Cause it's not easy I don't feel the things that I felt anymore And I won't dare just to hang my head No, I can My hands aren't tied And I saw Just what it came to be called How lonely it must be never have belonged Cause it's not easy I don't feel the things that I felt anymore And I won't dare just to hang my head No, I can My hands aren't tied It's not easy I don't feel the things that I felt anymore And I won't dare just to hang my head No, I can't My hands aren't tied anymore And I said Everything that I meant I let go of all the nothings That I had learned to hold One day I'm sure to be a husband To a wife that truly loves me And our house will call a home This is Charlie Romans, and we've been lucky enough to be listening to Corduroy Brown. Corduroy Brown is a pop rock group in Huntington, West Virginia, and we're lucky enough to have him in the studio today. How are you today? Hey, I'm very good. It's good to hear you and look at you and be alive today. Awesome, man. Actually, it is, definitely. (laughs) Now, you know, the people we are today aren't the people we used to be, obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... If you don't care, let's walk back a little bit. Oh boy! Uh, give <laughs> give people a little uh, little insight in, in into your life. Where did you grow up? Some of the things you've done. Right down the road, actually. Uh, so I grew up in Chesapeake, Ohio, um, right here from the tri-state. Um, so I always tell people, like when I'm on the road, like, "Hey, I'm from Huntington, West Virginia. I live in Huntington now." But I always tell them, like, hey, do you know where Katniss lived in the Hunger Games? Uh, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly where I've lived and grew up. So uh, I grew up right here. I've been here my whole entire life. Uh, I grew up in Chesapeake, graduated from Chesapeake High School, live in Huntington now. So uh, I consider 
Ashland, Kentucky, Chesapeake, Ohio, Huntington, Ironton, everything pretty much my home at the same time. Well, you know, we're all neighbors. Yeah, we're all just a couple of things down the road. After hearing all that, uh, that wonderful sound there, obviously you're a fantastic musician. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Now, when did music first become interesting to you? Mm, so no one in my family is musical at all. Uh, I think one of my uncles plays a saxophone, like kind of. Uh, so I don't know, really. But I know that in 2008, when I was in high school, I was a junior in high school, and all my friends were bringing guitars to school. And I was like, man, I want to do that. Like, but I don't know, you know, whatever. Uh, eventually, my mom got me a first, my first guitar for Christmas. It was a Fender CD60 model. It was black. And she got it from Mac and Dave's. And she paid way too much money for it because she didn't know better. And I'm still <laughs> mad at them that they charged her way too much money. And I'm not mad that she got me a guitar. I'm just mad that they charged her way too much. And they're closed down now, so maybe that's karma. But well, but I, I, w- I, would say, I would say the investment paid off, though. I, you know, I would think so. And I, I hate to spin it uh, any kind of negativity, but it's just like, come on. like so. But it's been a blessing. Music is something that has just... Man, it's still changing my life, and it's going to change my life every day. And I'm I'm lucky enough. Like with music, you can play literally till you can't do anything else anymore. You know what I mean? I love seeing videos of 105 year old people playing piano. You know, and they can recite it note for note. And music uses both sides of your brain, so it's something that's like so powerful, like chemically and internally for your body. So it's like I feel lucky to get to do this every single day. Well, really, it's like pouring your heart out, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. What was the road that led up to the music you write? Oh, gosh, there's a lot. Because, I mean, like, when I first started learning guitar, I was listening to, like, death metal and heavy metal. So anything with screaming, anything with, you know, big, heavy, chunky guitars. And, like, that eventually dissolved down a little bit. <laughs> but I still listen to it occasionally. Like, don't don't get me wrong on road trips. I'll turn it up. If I'm feeling a little sleepy, we're going to turn on some heavy stuff and we're going to go after it. But really, like, some of the most formative stuff with like when I really started playing guitar, um, like I learned from a band called Flyleaf, who's like a rock band back in like 2004 and a chick, you know, led that and, uh, still one of my favorite bands of the day. And, uh, like Dave Matthews, literally, um, a band called Houndmouth from like Indiana, some of my favorite music. Um, but obviously I grew up on tapes of like Michael Jackson and stuff like that. So like, man, you talk about just like idolizing someone. It was like Michael Jackson. Cause he just lived and breathed every second of his music. And I was like, maybe just innately that or subconsciously that just got to me when I was watching him growing up. <laughs> I know uh, you mentioned earlier the, uh, the old timers playing music. And, uh, normally I don't listen to bluegrass. But when you see the old timers getting out the, the mm-hmm. banjos and, and the fiddles and everything, then you're in for a treat because these guys are playing the music simply for the joy of the music. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing is a lot of emotion coming through in your, in your song. So what generates that emotion? I, I, I know that's a loaded question yeah, yeah. because there are happy songs and there's sad songs and everything else. But overall, people develop a voice. Mm. So what gives you your voice? Um, I think especially with the album that like that's that song's called who I am for now. And I put on the album back in August of 2021 and it was years worth of songs. It was songs. That song is actually written in 2017 and it never really had life until Corduroy Brown started. I mean, cause I've played in several bands way before Corduroy Brown. I still play in several different groups and with different people, but like the, a lot of the songs that are on the album, including this one was, were looking back at times 
And it was basically like calling myself out for like things I didn't like about myself or how I handled situations or like how I grew from situations. Um, a lot of the music takes a long time for me to write. I feel like because I, I want to make sure that I mean what I'm saying. I don't want to like fill in a, a verse with like, Oh, okay. That rhymes. So that just works. Like it takes me forever to write songs kind of like at a disadvantage because it's like, man, I just, I want to mean that. Like, so I think, I think between like mental health getting figured out and just life in general, I mean, life is going to be different for everyone, but a lot of these songs are literally my life encompassed into a three and a half second package. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned mental health because music uh, draws people in. They hear an emotion that they felt. What does mental health mean to you? So I started taking my mental health very seriously back in 2017 as well. And um, I think even back in high school, I started self-harming. I was cutting a lot. And it started off as really small. And it started off very, like, I wasn't really telling anybody, uh, obviously. And then through college, it became worse and more violent and more out of control. And after I got a little bit older after that, it even became, like, pretty serious to where I hit a point where I was like, man, you got to do something you've got to go get help because you're going to kill yourself. Not that I really wanted to, but like I had struggled with that for a long time. So mental health is, I think it's just like anything, like especially with the music, like I, I consider myself a Christian, but I'm not making Christian music. Like I grew up in church. So like there are elements of things that I've been surrounded with that just happened throughout the music. Cause it's part of my like thread that makes me up. So yes. mental health is a strong piece of that. I'm not trying to write a mental health album or whatever, or a Christian album or a whatever album. But like, I think mental health and, and God and, and different things like that are just part of my fabric. So they're going to be, you know, seep through in the music and stuff like that. Was it easy for you to get help? Um, because a lot of people struggle with that from the, from the beginning of not asking for help, sure. being embarrassed and things of that nature. I didn't even know I had a problem. Like, I didn't realize that, that cutting was, like, that bad until I started getting help. Like, I, I remember my therapist literally was, I was asking, I was like, why do I do this? And it was the biggest light bulb moment I've ever had in my life where he was like, well, this is just like a pressure relief valve for you. You feel in control of this. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. Well, I don't have to do that anymore. And it was just a magical, like, oh, no, you can take care of yourself. You don't have to hurt yourself if you feel bad. Like, it just, like, was like, oh, wow, why was I doing that? So um, it was maybe easy for me to get help because I was finally ready to accept it. I don't think that I was ready before that. And luckily, I didn't do anything crazy enough or damaging enough to, like, not see the other side of it. And I, I feel lucky enough to be able to talk about it now. And it's great that you do because you could inspire other people to get help and raise awareness of things like that. I hope so. I hope so. But like you said, the music isn't about just that. It's one of the components that made you who you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's kind of like the, the song Who I Am For Now is, and you mentioned this, like we're not supposed to be the same version of ourselves ever. Like even from today, five hours ago or five days ago or months ago or five years ago, like we're supposed to evolve and we're supposed to shift and we're supposed to grow and we're supposed to be changing like stagnancy, I think, is one of the most dangerous things you can ever be as a human. Like like there's there's a difference between stagnancy and routine. <laughs> I've learned as well. And but you're allowed to evolve and you're allowed to change. And that song, Who I Am For Now, was, again, written back in 2017 when I was really struggling. I got help in 2017. I went to a therapist and started taking medicine in 2017. And 
And um, it, it just, man, it just helped me to, music has just helped me in so many aspects just to evolve, really, I think. Well, we do need to change. It's like the old saying, the same man can't st- uh, step in the same river twice. Yes, yes. I've used, see, look, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say I really was because I heard that. Well, we're close there. to the same wavelength, but I can't play a sing like that, <laughs> definitely. I play and sing Cats Cry. I, I, so. Well, I was going to say, you got those sexy raspiness, though. You might, you, you might be on to something. You might give it a shot. I'll, I'll back you up, man. I, I appreciate that, definitely. <laughs> So, so what are your immediate plans for the future? I know that you've got an album out here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it came out in August of 2021. Um, and again, it was songs from, from, I mean, it took almost, it was like a year and a half of making the album because a lot of these songs were just pre-baked ideas that had just been bubbling up and bubbling up and the right things had to happen. Um, and so that's in August of 2021. If you go back a little even further than that, uh, I got really, really sick. Um, I'm going to get to, I guess, answer your question a little bit. So it all makes sense. Um, so, but like, so I got sick, uh, in February of 2021, I had COVID in January, a month goes by, I go to the hospital. They're like, well, I don't really know, but here's some medicine. Here's some like anti-nausea stuff. And cause I'm throwing up my lymph nodes, like super swollen, like my kidneys are hurting and I'm thinking, what the heck? Okay. So I'm gonna go to the urgent care, get antibiotics. They're gonna send me home. So they send me to the hospital. Um, I'm down at, in Huntington at St. Mary's and they have no idea what's going on yet. And cause I, you know, fast forward from Saturday to a Tuesday, I haven't slept, I haven't eaten. My numbers are all over the place. Uh, they come in the room and say, Hey, Mr. Brown, I have to put you on a ventilator. And I'm thinking what on absolute earth is going on? Cause they don't know yet. Um, and the nurses are starting to panic and like, it, there's like an urgency to it now. Like I've been there for four days, but there's finally like a, Holy crap, we got to go. Um, so they're like, hey, you are in heart failure, you're in liver failure, you're in kidney failure, and you're in lung failure. And I'm thinking, what's, what's going on? Like, seriously, what's happening? Um, so, like, they wheel me down to go. I, you know, I'm texting my parents. I'm saying, hey, uh, something's bad. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not a text they were expecting to get, I'm sure. No, I mean, they knew I was in the hospital, but they mm, that's quite a text to receive. So I remember, here's the crazy part, is I remember going down – uh, they're hustling at this point to get me like sedated to be put on a vent. And I, my lung function was nothing. If you can imagine taking a breath and it being a centimeter wide for a couple hours, that's what I felt like before. It was just like, you couldn't exhale. I could only inhale just the smallest amount. And it was just like the weirdest thing. And I remember like looking up at this nurse, like, and I was like fading in and out, like back and forth. And she just had these, like these eyes, man, like, like there's concern and it was scary, Mm -hmm. but then I remember like being in this infinite white space and people talk about like seeing like a white light when they die and stuff like that. It's completely real. It's, and it's like, I, I know exactly what I saw. Like I could see myself and I could see as far as I possibly could just infinitely white. And I could see myself and there's like this little like ball of like, I want to call it energy, but I don't know what else to call it. Like this little weird orb thing that started off on my left side and I could almost touch it. And it was real close to me. And then I watched it slowly, 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 slowly go off into the distance into the infinite white. And what I didn't know until later after I got out of the hospital is like, I found out when I woke up how many days later, Oh, I'm in Morgantown and Oh, I'm on life support. Hello. Like what? Okay. And then, you know, had to be a terrifying feeling. You just don't know what's going on. And 
I didn't learn until after I got out of that whole hospital situation where they're like, hey, like, you actually died. You were you died in the, in the helicopter, and we brought you back, and, like, we put you on life support. And I was thinking, what? And, it, and it, like, the timeline of that, me seeing the white light and stuff makes sense because it was after I saw the nurse at Huntington, then there was that, and then I woke up, and I'm like, okay, I'm in Morgantown, but what's going on? And I'm hooked up to every possible machine. There's these giant tubes in my legs. Those are like the type of life support I was on is called ECMO. Uh, and when you're on ECMO life support, it's generally when you're saying goodbye to people. That's that's last ditch. Like, hey, you need to say your goodbyes. This is it. And somehow I made it through that. And um, man, if there's so many things that you learn <laughs> on a hospital bed, I can say that. So I think to go back to your question finally <laughs> is is the most of the album was done, but it felt like it needed that situation somehow to finish it out because some of the songs came after that. Do you think maybe it helped to uh, uh, crystallize your perspective on a lot of things? Yeah, because you learn a hundred thousand things in the hospital. Like when you're suddenly faced with your mortality, like the things that you said you were going to do, you wish that you would have done every time. And so like, that's kind of been my battle cry recently is like, after that is like, just like life is for living. Like make sure that you live, like, like don't forget to live in all of this. And like suddenly the things that I wanted to do, like were gone. And I didn't know if I was ever going to get to do them. Like I had signed paperwork that said, Hey, you're going to have to have a heart transplant more than likely. And here's the paperwork for this saying, you know, we're going to give you a heart. We're going to be on the hunt for it. We want to go ahead and get preliminarily like all the paperwork out of the way. Hey, you might get a heart with like hepatitis, but like, you're going to have a heart. Like we're just signing this so we can get moving on that in case. Like there's a lot of things you learn whenever your mortality is put in your face. So they're doing damage control and, and, and starting to prepare for the next time they have to bring out the crash carts and everything. Yes. They're, they're like looking ahead. They're wanting to get every preliminary, thing out of the way so that if they got to do something like that they can just go and it was wild man it was absolutely wild well you know things like that they have to alter the way you look at things mm -hmm. now do you have a song written after that experience that you can play for me i don't know that i can play it because it's like kind of a thing i, I don't know that i can do it justice yet because there's a song there is a song called better on the ground on the album okay and that my friend jeffrey wrote um that when I when I woke up, I texted my friend Jeffrey. He's the guy that produced the album. He he recorded the drums on the album. He we recorded this album together. We spent days and weeks in his basement doing this album. And I remember waking up and like the thing that I texted him was still like blurry and kind of like not making sense because I was still on all kinds of you know sedation stuff and whatever. But I woke up and I texted him like, man, we gotta like we gotta like live better, dude. We gotta like not hold grudges and we gotta like not take life for granted and we got to do better while we're on the ground and stuff like that. And we got to do this. And we, and I just sent him this big thing and he sent me a song that had been mixed, mastered, recorded. Everything was done on the song. And I swear to you that it was word for word. What I texted him, he recorded this four days before I woke up, but and I hadn't heard this yet. I hadn't heard the song yet, obviously cause I was out, but like what I texted him was in those lyrics that he wrote, if that makes sense. Yes, that's, like, that's an amazing I don't, story. Like you, I, I, I listen to that song on the way here because I just had a weirdest day today and I was like, okay, reset yourself. You get to be alive another day. Let's go. Come on. But um, I have never played that acoustic. I should have prepared that maybe, but I want to get to the point where I can play that. We've played that song one time and that was on the album release day. 
and I cried like a baby through it. <laughs> I couldn't make it through it. And I have, I'm not confident enough to do it by myself. Um, but if people want to listen or if you want to listen to it, it's called better on the ground. It's on the album. If you want to feel some tears coming down your face, that might be the one. <laughs> well, now that is a good segue into some other questions I was going to ask. How do people follow you? How do they find you? Yeah, so you can look up Corduroy Brown, WV. If you don't know how to spell Corduroy, it's the word Cord U Roy Brown, and you'll never forget it if you think of it that way. Um, yeah, but like Facebook and Instagram are the best ways. Uh, YouTube as well. Uh, but literally, if you want to find it, I mean, anyone that listens to music is going to be able to search that, and you will find it just like that. So what what are your plans moving forward? Yeah, I forgot about that question because I went down the whole uh, <laughs> the that, rabbit that, hole. That's okay. We go down rabbit holes all the time. <laughs> this is Appalachia. We do that. Nice. That's Appalachia? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. You're supposed to – you, no, the whole joke is if you say Appalachia, I have to throw an Appalachia. Yeah, there you like, go. That's the whole joke. Um, but uh, this year, 2022, is looking exciting because we're booking all the way through September already. And by the time we recorded this, what is it? Is it January right now? I don't know. Whatever day it is right now. And uh, we're doing a ton of shows, man, and looking to get out of the tri-state a lot more or maybe just more regional. We're looking at stuff in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Lexington, um, you know, all the within four or five hours and just staying busy. I'm doing my best to work on some more songs. Uh, I'm doing my best just to live and do everything outside of music, even like I think that people always tie me up with music, which I'm glad. But like, I want to explore and see what else I can get into. I want to. I don't know. I want to act. I want to explore. I want to kayak. I want to climb a mountain. I want to do everything. <laughs> and that sounds fantastic. We we need more than one outlet for our creativity and, and just our experiences. Oh, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the scene around here for music? Yeah. And how can we get exposed to that? Oh, gosh. It's wild because when you got a town and play, people ask about Huntington, West Virginia, like where I'm from. And like people from like when I play down in Virginia beach with a band called short and company, those guys are from Moorhead, incredible band. Y'all should have on sometime as well. Uh, like people were asking us like, Hey, we want to play in Huntington. And like anytime I've been out of town, people are like, how do you play in Huntington? Like, or how do you get this one at the loud? It's called the, the loud now, not the V club anymore, but like people know about Huntington, West Virginia's music scene. It's well, unbelievable. So why do you think they do? I don't know. I mean, this region in, in general, it just is so rich. And a lot of people will lean towards the Appalachian music, obviously, because Tyler Childers is gigantic and worldwide known. Like he's obviously put Appalachian music on the map and being from you know somewhere in Kentucky. But the scene around here is 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 wildly diverse. Like um, there's pop music, there's rap music, there's there's obviously folk and Appalachian stuff. But it's just one thing I've noticed about the scene here is that everyone lifts each other up. Everyone. And the people who aren't lifting each other up and who aren't going to each other's shows, those guys aren't doing anything like they are, but like they're not showing support. So they're not being supported at the same time. So I think there's so, not so much diversity in the music scene here, but so much love and also building up of each other that it can't do anything except for grow. And that's why it's known all over the place. That's an excellent answer. And, uh, <laughs> I've seen that too. I've interviewed musicians before and they talk about, well, I want to play with this guy. I want to play with that girl, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. and, and they all want to share. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like they treat it like a buffet mm -hmm. instead of just uh, one dinner. That sure. You, you know, because there, yeah. there's so much out there. There's enough for everyone. That's it. Like everyone, like I said, the people who are building each other up are the people that are succeeding. And like, I, it's, it's so awesome seeing so many people in the scene, 
supporting the scene. Like, and then people always ask me like, Hey, how do you get shows and how do you do this? And I was like, go be part of the scene, go be in it. You can't just say, Oh, Hey, I'm a musician. Come care about me. Like you got to go care too. Like that's the biggest thing is especially, I mean, I get that question DM to my the corduroy Brown page, like four or five times a month. Like, Hey man, I'm a new music and you know, new artist and whatever. Like, Hey, how do I get booked at the, like go be part of the scene. And that's what I want everyone to do. Like there's, so many people want to watch and this is from like an audience standpoint like so many people love you when you're when you're big but like didn't love you when you're small <laughs> and but then some of that's happening now where people will see someone getting a little traction and they like oh I want to be a part of that and like they should be a part of that be a part of it all man like like I don't know it's just I hate when people don't support all the way through they're like they only want to care about you when you're blowing up and it's like y'all should have been there I would have got your free tickets y'all would have came to my show like I could like <laughs> Well, you've kind of blown the next question completely out of the water. <laughs> I was going to ask who you listen to when you're not playing music yourself, but it sounds like you listen to everyone. Yeah, there's. I'm actually wearing a hoodie from one of my best friends' band uh, called Massing, M-A-S-S-I-N-G. Listen, those boys are wild. Um, they actually did music for the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast. Um, okay. So, like, and they're from Huntington. They're doing some awesome, like, they have a trumpet player. I actually have friends with Heath, who was in a band with me called the dividends back in the day, RIP that band, but, um, he's the front of that massing band. Uh, that's one of my favorite bands. A band called friendly fire is incredible. Uh, there's a band from Morgantown called hello June a band from Moorhead called short and company. I listen to a lot. Um, Oh gosh, there's a hip hop artist named Shlim. Who's incredible. Little droopy is incredible. Um, Oh man, I could literally list you a million artists that I love from our region that are just doing great things that need more attention. With your music, and we obviously heard a wonderful sample of it, but how would you describe your music? I think the the easy answer to that for like that I've had to, because it's I don't want to say it's anything weird or out of the box necessarily, but um I mean I call it like rock and pop because I don't know what else to call it, but like someone said that I was like a non-traditional like, or yeah, non-traditional Appalachian artist. And I kind of like that because okay. we're all from Appalachia, but like, I'm not doing bluegrass. I mean, or I'm not doing folk and stuff, even though I love to learn how to play mandolin, but it's like rock and pop. Um, it's going to make you dance. It's going to make you feel good, but it's also, gonna, you're, if you're dancing, you might be crying at the same time. It's going to be a, a mix of emotions in that. Cause there's a lot of emotion. And when I write, like I said at the beginning, I want to mean every word. I'm not just putting fluff in there. Like, just to be like, oh, that works, that rhymes, okay, cool. Like, if I don't mean it, like, I have a hard time writing it. Well, now, uh, I wanted to get you to identify the other members of the band and everybody else that's involved. I mean, they're not here today, but mm -hmm. obviously they're a big part of your life and a big part of Corduroy Brown. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's there's me who's Corduroy, and, like, I, I'm grateful for that, but I have awesome people around me that made the album happen. I made that make the live shows happen. Um, so Chris Barker plays bass he's from Ashland. He's my best friend. We went to Ohio university together. Um, my best friend forever is Chris Barker. He man, pre-show we have like rituals together that I don't do with anyone else. Like we have these rituals and stuff. So he plays bass, uh, best friend. He'll be the best man at my wedding. Hands down. Uh, Tyler Cooper's from Huntington, West Virginia. He was in a band called the dead fret still is. Uh, but just incredible musician, like think like a Jack White, like real out there, just like ready to push. He pushes me to be so creative. He pushes me out of my comfort zone because I'll get in little boxes and stuff and he'll just 
pushed me right out of them. And then uh, Jeffrey McClellan is the drummer, but also he produced the album. And you talk about a musician who he's good at everything. Actually, it's ridiculous. I mean, as far as like any kind of media, graphic design, audio engine. I mean, he is unbelievable. Um, those those three guys make Corduroy Brown up to what it is. Like I can do acoustic stuff and talk your ear off, but without those guys, man, it's it's not anything near like without them. So. Well, it sounds like you got a wonderful group of people supporting. Talk about the A-team, man. Those are the strong, <laughs> some strong musicians. And uh, one of the things that I liked about the album and that I wanted to put on the album was it to be collaborative. So, like, the album was called Let Me Know, and the idea was that everybody in my entire life has always said that phrase, let me know. And you think about that phrase, it's pretty daggone genuine. If you And yeah. we probably say it. You probably said it today and didn't even realize it. Just like, oh, like, yeah. let me know. But like it's a real genuine phrase meaning like hey just just communicate what you need and I got you. Like and people have said that my entire life and have meant it. I've had so many people like built up around me and that have always supported me in my entire life not just with music but just as a human being. Like when I got sick like within 48 hours there's a $30,000 GoFundMe account waiting for me. So that's that I amazing. Have, so I didn't have hospital bills. Like that's insanity. Yeah. to me like and maybe it's good karma maybe i've done something to deserve maybe not but like that's why the album is called let me know and like so many people have always been there for me and said the phrase let me know and it's been genuine so like when you think of that phrase like it's a pretty dang daggone serious thing and you you guys have probably said it today and didn't even realize it oh absolutely yeah like, it's a we common say it every phrase. single day and usually it's paper let me know if you need anything yep yep so. that's it now uh do you have like a dream duet, somebody that uh, you would want to play with no matter what? Dead or alive or alive? Either. <laughs> Listen. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. Michael. I, listen, Michael Jackson. I can't get away from it. Like, I have just, especially in the past, like, two or three months for some reason, I've listened to every album. I've watched every YouTube thing on him. And there's something just so, like, infectious about his like he's a perfectionist but it's like beautiful at the same time because he knows even though he doesn't play every instrument he knows every measure of every like every song and it's just that'd be ultimate like if i could work with somebody or if i could see someone live again hands down michael jackson but on like a regional level um I, it's weird saying it like i don't know like a dream thing um i don't know who would i do <laughs> Man. Didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, it's just there's so many. It's hard to think about. I will say this will be like maybe an exclusive thing, but Holly Forbes and I are working on a song. And um, so she was obviously like top 10 on NBC The Voice. And uh, she's been one of my best friends for a long, we've played music for a long time. So that's maybe, I haven't told anyone else that. So you guys know that now, uh, Holly Forbes and I. So maybe that, I'm going to call that my dream duet since she's got the Ariana Grande hookups and stuff now. So we can. <laughs> well, excellent choice. She's a very sweet and hyper talented lady. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Incredible, man. Holly, I'm so glad that she's getting everything she deserves because like I've known her for a long time and she's been, she's been just as incredible. As she's always been even now, but like she's now getting the attention for it, which is so deserved because she's so humble and like shy. And I'm like, how you better get up there and own it. Like <laughs> you better go. If you're going to go like quit being shy girl. Like, so that's, I'll say that that's my dream duet, which may be happening anyway. So, Well, now on that note, would you care to share another song with us? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see. I was debating on whether to do another West Virginia artist song or one of my own. What do you think? 
Well, let's hear one of yours. Okay, cool. This song's called To My Younger Self. Take a step back And cloud yourself with wonder Oh little child You've got too much ahead Take yourself back Our times will bring you under But you'll be fine Just like your mama said Cause I'm feeling Satisfactory, like they made this feeling in a factory. Some days I ain't so sure, like I can't go no more. So, what am I good for? Just what am I good for? Get yourself back, cause there will be another. While, then you can try again Take your eyes off Someone that makes you wonder You can say goodbye Just like you should have said Cause I'm feeling satisfactory Like they made this feeling in a factory Some days I ain't so sure like I can't go no more So what am I good for? Just what am I good for? And joy comes with sunrise in the morning Weeping through the night And this thing for sure won't last forever We'll be just fine and joy comes with sunrise in the morning Weeping through the night And this thing for sure won't last forever We'll be just fine Cause I'm feeling satisfactory Like they made this feeling in a factory Some days I ain't so sure Like I can't go no more So what am I good for? What am I good for? Just what am I good for? Yeah, something like that. Man, my voice is raspy today. You know, I feel <laughs> like I should clap, but I don't want to give away the fact that I have absolutely no rhythm. <laughs> that was Luckily, amazing. Hey, thank you so much. It's very. It's weird because when you get out of practice, like because we took a couple months or like whatever how long off a month or two coming up on two months so like when you sing every weekend like your voice is like let's go and it doesn't break but i'm over here like struggling like man <laughs> like scratchy mcscratch over here but it's all good thank you so much though well it adds that realism into it and and i think it suits that song too because there's a lot of emotion in that song thank you that was one of the first songs i recorded and first songs i wrote for that album but almost actually as corduroy brown as well as one of the first songs and like I think if we could write a letter to our younger selves, we would say all kinds of things. And uh, one of mine was just like, dude, quit worrying about people. Quit worrying about the girl that didn't care about you and quit worrying about 
the way that you should have lived at that time, like, again, you're allowed to grow, like move on from that. Like, and then there's a, a somewhat of a biblical thing in there where it's like, it wasn't even on purpose, but I was just writing that whole, like joy comes with sunrise in the morning. And I was like, where have I heard that? Oh, it's like, oh, it's a Bible verse. So like, it's kind of just an encouraging, like whatever is going on right now, like there's always a sunrise for the next day. There's always like, you're not forever in the darkness. And that goes back again to the mental health side of it too, where it's like, okay, today might've sucked to me. Today might've been awful. You might've cut yourself today. Yes. Tomorrow morning is a new day. Like you don't have to do that again. So that song, that's the one that's honestly one of my favorite songs still. It was an amazing song. And, and if Elon Musk ever invents a time machine, <sighs> We'll go back together because I need to tell myself yeah. some of those things too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I would I would invest in Tesla early on if we're talking about Elon Musk. So. De- definitely, yes. <laughs> if we're uh, going back in time. But uh, so, and and this is going to be another one of these loaded questions. What would you like to say to your fans? Oh boy, um, no one's ever asked that before. So <laughs> awesome! Like literally, no one's ever asked that. Um, music isn't what it is without people who care about it. I think you can do it for hobby, but in my case where I'm trying to perform and be out there and, and I feel like, man, I'm, I'm trying to answer that in my head and I can't even do it yet. That's a heck of a question. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, uh, from a writer's standpoint, uh, it took me decades to discover that I'm only writing half the story. Mm. The reader writes the other half. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think music is the same way? It has to be. Yeah, I mean, like, because there are songs that I've written that um, people have came back and have said, man, that means so much because this happened in my life. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. Like, that's part of music is, like, you can you can take it and it can apply to however, you're, however it needs to apply. Like, songs that I've hated that I've written uh, have meant the world to people. So I think it, there is a duality to it. There is... Uh, sure, I want to love what I'm doing, but even if I don't, like, man, maybe this song is meant for someone else to hear. Maybe it's not meant for me. Maybe it's it's maybe it's just from I'm just a vessel for it to be absorbed by someone else. So I think that's kind of the cool part about it too. So, that's an excellent like, attitude. I'm, maybe we're just like tools for some higher purpose that's supposed to help someone else. Well, you know, I like to think that uh, some, at least some of the things I do, benefit you know, someone besides Charlie. Mm-hmm. because if it didn't it would just be incredibly selfish yeah yeah so. <laughs> oh yeah like yeah i think there is definitely a dual side to it man. and just so many people have came out of the woodwork and, and been supportive of like especially when i got sick but when the album came out like um it I, i've had a lot of messages from people and a lot of people most of the time people i don't know that have reached out and said hey man your song i was really having a hard time and like really struggling with like wanting to hurt myself or like I've just been really dark and your song has helped pull me out of that. And like, you don't write songs with that intention, but that kind of makes you realize like, Whoa, like maybe I have a purpose here and I, I agree. You completely. feel thankful for that. So I'm, I'm not thankful that people are going through rough times, but I'm thankful that somehow the universe put us on the earth at the same time. And I recorded a song and they somehow got to hear it and it helped them. I mean, we're all connected. We all feel the same things, maybe not at the same time. And mm-hmm. it all comes around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, please. Um, 
Again, Corduroy Brown WV uh, on Facebook and Instagram are the easiest ones. I have YouTube as well, but look up Cord Uroy Brown WV. Uh, I respond to every DM, every comment on all of them, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. have a website as well, corduroy-brown.com, um, and you can go and find everywhere. And like, even if you just want to say, hey, even if you just want to say, hey, like that was a great song, or just want to say, hey, appreciate it, whatevs, I want to talk to everyone. So reach out. Let's do it. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for, for coming in yeah. and sharing this wonderful music and talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been really cool. And I, I appreciate what you're doing and highlighting our scene and musically and just highlighting people. I think it's awesome to hear everyone's perspective. You can learn that way. Well, we have to lift ourselves up. Nobody else is going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you have a wonderful evening. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you.